Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. And this is the, I guess you call it, one last shot at trying to go through and get to the final round before we start actually eliminating games and trying to make this top 100 of the 2010s, the decade that was... Uh, I am Sean Garman. I go ahead and apologize in advance. I'm actually at my house this time recording, and my daughter has a friend over, and you you might hear kids screaming in the background. Trust me, they're okay. It's just... It's all content. Yeah, she's eight, and yeah, that's, that's what they do. That's all likely story. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm not here to do this, which I guess we're going to just do this on the fly, but how we're, gonna, how we're going to... Uh, do these. Um, I'll explain a little bit more in a second, but uh, here with me, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. Jens Dietrich. Hi. Sorry, I said Jens. It's Jens. That's okay. See, I never my, correct people on my name. My my not German is already failing me. Uh, Randy Isbell. Hello. And Daniel Anderson. Hello. So... Okay, the idea behind this is we had games that we kind of left out in the ether that were perhaps big-time influential games, or just, you know, those games that kind of just didn't make the top ten, and somebody wants to try one more time to get them in above another game. So we're going to do that here. Ideally, this would be the, uh, you know special Patreon podcast that you don't hear in your feed, but we don't have a Patreon, so whatever. You get this, and here it is. So what we're going to try to do, I guess, is go year by year, and if you felt that there's a game that it needs it needs to be in that, maybe didn't make the top 10 individually, but we're talking about 100 games here, and not every single game that was in that top 10, perhaps, needs to be completely in when we're talking the top 100s you know so that's what we're doing we're kind of seeing if there's anything we need to replace that should go from this other list before uh the other so let's start in 2010 and everybody kind of made lists like three of pick three or four games from each year not always three not always four sometimes it's two and sometimes it's zero uh, depending on the year so um but uh, we'll get started in 2010. So, Jens, we had Deadly Premonition. Uh, it didn't quite make the top 10 that year, but we had some strong support for it. And also the first near, which tends to get uh, a lot of more of a bad rap than a good one. Well, I, I feel like Nier gets a lot of love now. Like, it has been reevaluated as the great action RPG that it is. And also, of course, 
for its story. It is really one of the great video game mm-hmm. stories. Uh, but of course, at the time that it came out, it got very middling reviews. You know, there was that inf- you know, there was a whole review that infamously was just built around the fact that they hated the fishing mechanic. You know, there there was a lot of there was a lot of crapping on near at in 2010. But of course, it has since become. Uh, the cult game that it deserves to be, uh, not the least, because it, of course, ended up spawning Nia Automata. Um, I've always thought it was a great game. Um, I feel it is uh, historically significant, but um, I, I would also not... I mean, you know, there's a lot of competition in 2010. I don't know if this... Is this going to slot into 2010 specifically, or is this just kind of slotting into the, the 100 overall? Well, we're not going back and replacing the top tens. That's done. Those are locked in. What we're doing is just seeing if we yeah. want to carry over any of these games for sure, which we Into all kind of have to agree because I'm not going to take over 50 games because then we're just going to go and eliminate most of them anyway. Okay. So yeah. you make your case. If anybody's really behind it, or really tends to agree with you, then they can talk. If not, then you know. So I'm curious. Kinda... Did anybody else at this table play near? No, nope. I have not. No. Okay. I thought you did, Mark. No. Oh, okay. It was, a, it was a PS3 game, and I got my PS3 like really late. So. Uh Well, I mean, you just have to take my word for it that it's really good. But uh, yeah, but you I also think there's dark... not. You also think Dark Souls is good, so your opinion can't be trusted. Okay, but oh man, the, here the we go. That most people think Dark Souls. Is yeah, good. Exactly. We, took four, we took four minutes to get back to this. All right. Jeez. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think like Nier has good music, but I remember the, like I've heard the gameplay is just really banal compared to even most I, I, games of that era. <laughs> no, I mean it's no more banal than something like Fable. I mean it's maybe a it, tad clunkier. It's not um, a ringing endorsement. <laughs> well. But uh, um, no, I, I just I just felt it was deserved to mention. I, I knowing that you know with my list, I've got quite a few games on my list where I'm thinking that they're not going to have um, support from the rest of the group. So I just wanted talking, to mention it. You're talking about man, you had Metal Wolf Chaos in your list. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, I mean, we just we discussed Deadly Permission. I think a lot of us liked it. So. Maybe we can carry that one over. Yeah, to give it and I, a... I think again, it's historically notable for kind of turning Sweary into a star. And I mean, he was you know he was kind of stuck developing like what was it spy fiction or like yeah he did like, some, like yeah, he did some Metal Gear knockoffs yeah I was like some Metal Gear Splinter Cell crap and I was like what <laughs> yeah so Deadly Premonition even though it was uh, you know a, a uh, even though it's a cult game, really, and not a not really a critical darling, it it did kind of jumpstart his I mean, career in a way and help him start a studio and get him more projects and is uh, generally regarded as an as an important game. I would say influential is fine, but not like best game of 2010. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Is... Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's why I'd be fine with Deadly Premonition being. Oh, good. Like good. This. Just... All right, great. All right, so I guess so. I guess we cut near, but we leave deadly premonition. Yeah, let's. Okay. Let's leave it for that. So that's that's my 2010. So. 
Alright, so several of us have Fallout New Vegas uh, on well, their list, I mean, which is a... If we're going to have one Fallout game in the past decade, it's going to be New Vegas, because 4 is a mess, and 76 is even a bigger mess, so... <laughs> yeah, and New Vegas is, is the one that's kind of most fondly remembered for its writing. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, I think uh, I think it's very easy to say New Vegas was one of the top 100 games of the decade. Yeah, I mean, New Vegas tends to be out of even three, a lot more well liked. So, like Mark said, if we're gonna pick one, I think maybe even over Outer Worlds, you, you know, if we're gonna yeah. go with even Fallout like. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that because I think Outer Worlds is at least trying to evolve the genre, not just. <laughs> make the same game over and over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would put it above Outer Worlds, but it is... Uh, I mean, it is... I would put it as one of the top ones. And... Yeah, we'll figure out the Outer Worlds thing later, but yeah, I think it's part of the ones that could possibly get into the top 100. Alright. So we have, so far, two more added to the list. So... Also, we don't really need to talk about it. I think we all know why Fortnite is important. That's technically 101 <laughs> uh, at this point because Randy at the last minute decided, oh, we'll just leave it till the till this list and knock it off the the top 10 for was it 2018? So, which is this is the battle royale, not not including the actual the fort making game, a fort making single player thing. Uh, so. I think for 2010, Randy, you have plans for some zombies. Yeah, one of the better I, mobile games out there, and I know uh, Mark. I think and Mark too, yeah. Too. Yeah, it just. I mean, it, what a it, craze that thing created. The second game was awful, but the first well, game was I, so fun. I was gonna say, like, they started off great, and then every plan for zombies game that they've come after has been utter crap, or just mystifying, and like why they made it, <laughs> like those Garden yeah. Warfare games, like. Who asked for this? And then who asked for two more of them? Right. <laughs> so, Garden Warfare actually was fairly popular, though. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a team fortress for kids, and yeah, it, there, yeah, there is an it audience for it. It didn't sell that well. It only sold like five hundred thousand copies, and then like the second one only sold like two hundred thousand. Which and is then... the one where they absolutely ruined it with like, uh, um, microtransactions up the wazoo. Yeah, yeah, that was the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. For the first one, I, I mean, I would have no objection to it being in one of the top 100 games because it was really big when it first came out, and it did. I mean, it lasted for several years before they kind of ruined the franchise. But yeah, I'm I'm still pissed that Plants vs Zombies 2 was not on like a PC platform or a console, or that so, microtransactions are cut out. So, uh, do you think that's because EA bought out PopCap, and that's why got ruined. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> I think that, that has everything to do with EA buying out PopCap, because that's when yeah. they started trying to exploit everything. Yeah, I'm sure they were like, you have to make this game has to make, you know, twenty million dollars, you know, in a, in a year, and that's the only way they could figure out how to do it. <laughs> well, and I think uh, one thing that also helped Plants vs Zombies originally it came out on the. PC before it ever came out on anything mobile. Yeah. 
I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, if Plants for Zombies 2 was on PC, I'd be a lot more happy about it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think another genre that we perhaps are missing is like that traditional strategy game. You know, we have some strategy RPGs. Um, so, you know, Mark has uh, Civilization Five. I have StarCraft Two, which at least two of the StarCraft Two expansions. Yeah, I uh, StarCraft Two on one of my lists also. Yeah, I mean, Legacy of the Void is what it is, but Heart of the Swarm and Wings of Liberty were great. Uh, not to mention again before we had all this revolution in esports, StarCraft Two was one of those standard bears that kind of helped lead it to become what it is. And, you know, I think also Heart of the Swarm had one heck of a story as well. I think that the sad thing is, by the time you got to Legacy of the Void, it had wrapped up so well that it's like, what was there really left to tell at that point? And it took so long to... Yeah, the whole three-game thing didn't do them any favors because the game was like, by the time it was finished, it was like seven years old or something. It's like, huh? (laughs) And I think they also pissed a lot of people off by doing it that way. Yeah. I felt like they were like kind of nickel and diamond people to an extent. I mean, but wasn't like just Wings of Liberty as big as StarCraft 1 and Brood War, Brood War combined? or No, it was StarCraft 1, but also in StarCraft 1 you had all three races in a campaign. Right. Or, you know, in one story, not just one race and all three, you know, 13 yeah, I think people would have People would have probably preferred three shorter campaigns oh, yeah. in one game over these like bloated individual, like, we've got to blow this up to be a full game for each campaign thing. And a lot of missions in Star- all the StarCraft 2s were like, here's a new mission, here's like one more unit, and that's it. And I was like, this is kind of padding this out a little, isn't it? That said, though, StarCraft 2 was really notable in the esports space for a good long while. So I think as far as being an important game, it should probably go on this list. You want to say anything about Civilization Five? Uh, I think it's the best Civilization game. I don't. You like are dead wrong. I hate six. <laughs> no. I haven't played four. Four is the best Civilization game, and five represents a huge step back from four in my mind. You should play. You should play six then, because then you'd really hate it. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I, I fell off that series uh, after five. Uh, I mean, I'm done with that. Um, but just everything they changed about. Um, you know the religion. You know the way religion works, the way that cultural markers work, the well, way that politics no, systems work. In Basic Civ Five, they have no religion. Exactly, they took it out. It yeah, was a I major like part of four. Well, no, and when they edit it back in, in like the five uh, expansions and yeah. the six, it becomes like super overpowered and really annoying. Yeah, the expansions don't do that game any favor either. Like you'd think, okay, they're gonna do what they like, do with every Civ, where they're gradually patching back in. The stuff no, people they, were missing. They were, from... like, taking shit out, and that's what, like, really irked me. Okay. Like, Why are you fucking up the uh, cultural, like, the artist unit? Like, the special ability of that was, like, you can expand your borders, like, when you just use it. Well, and they, like, changed it to, like, to be something really dumb and different. And I'm like, wait, what? I don't I care about if, doing a great work. If Civilization Four did not exist, I would be okay with Civ Five making this list. But it just represents such a step down for but me. Also, Civ five or Civ four can't be on this list because it's too old. So well, I know it's too old, but I'm just saying the existence of Civ four as a relative benchmark for Civ five, in my mind, disqualifies Civ five because Civ five is not anywhere as good. 
Also, I, I, mean, I have balanced. Heard, well, I have tried to play Civ Four once, like off and on, and it's real hard. To, it's a lot harder to get into. Well, of course. I mean, it's an older game, so the interface is not as refined. Yeah. So I think like Civ Five, they do a lot better. But call, calling Civ Five, calling Civ Five the best Civilization game is insane. That's I mean, what about Civilization Two? What from 1996? <laughs> well, yeah, that's still regarded as, as probably the best one overall. Was Gandhi a bigger dick in that one as well? Gandhi's always been a dick. <laughs> if you separate that out away from the context of what y'all were talking about, that sounds so bad. <laughs> Thankfully, anyone listening to the good part knows what I'm referring to. I never really played much Civilization, but even I know when I hear somebody talking about how much of a dick Gandhi was, they're talking about Civilization. Yeah. <sighs> I should put that like at the beginning of the show or something. I <laughs> like, what the hell? Okay, well, so... I, I mean, I would say so That would require editing. The only other... For, there's only one other Forex game on this list that will have even less support than this. So... <laughs> If you want to have at least one representative game on there, it should be Civ Five. <laughs> it's not going to be Gal Civ Three or Endless Legend. <laughs> uh, Crusader Kings Two is going to be my pick for if you're going to pick a strategy game. But not as four. I'd throw Stellaris out there just because the mod community helped really make the ge- base game was good, but there are so many different mods for it that you will never get bored of that game if you play it. I will agree with that. And I mean, my Crusader Kings 2 argument is uh, along similar lines because that one also has a mod community that has done insane things with that game. All right, so you, st- you guys in the strategy sphere, y'all got to pick one here. Uh, I mean, is what, When was Stellaris? Which year was that? Was that 2010? 2016. Oh, it's 2016. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah I, I would say my argument is I think we can we can cut Civ Five because there'll be a couple of um, once we get to later years there'll be better strategy games on our lists. Okay. All right, I mean I, I'm trying to separate the strategy RPG and this the traditional strategy game. So if you wanted one strategy game of the in the traditional sense on the list, y'all can go ahead and pick one out of that whole whatever it is. Hmm. I would go with StarCraft 2 over Civ 5. Oh, well, not, oh is, is that what we're choosing? Of course. No, they're not the same game at all. Like One is a right, strategy RTS and one is a 4X game, like turn-based economy game, essentially. <laughs> well, yeah, but if we're choosing between those, regardless of the nuance of genre, StarCraft 2 is the way better game. Okay. So, Randy... Put a star or something by StarCraft Two <laughs> and Deadly Premonition so far. <laughs> so and Fallout New Vegas. So those are the three that so far we are carrying over. Don't worry. I don't know if you saw on our Facebook thing. I, I created a spreadsheet. I got it going on over here. Okay, I'm. I can't look at five different things at once. So if you're good with handling that, then cool. I got it. I got gotcha. you. Uh, Mark, go ahead and. I, I always think of Darksiders 2 as the best Darksiders game, but you are listing Darksiders 1 here. Oh, I only listed because it started the franchise. I mean, Darksiders 2 is a better game, but Darksiders 1 is, like, 
the genesis of it. <laughs> like, you know, the, the first one has a lot, a lot of weird shit in it, especially with those stupid combat trial rooms or puzzles or whatever. Uh, but I think it's just a overall good Zelda clone, and no one ever did that before. <laughs> uh-huh. Okami says hi. I mean, that's a 40-hour long game that is not... It's Zelda-like, and Zelda ripped it off uh, later on, but they're not quite the same thing. Uh, I, I, di- different kind of Zelda, but 3D Dot Game Heroes that, says hi, yeah. too. That was, also, that was the same year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 3D Dot Game Heroes in the same and, year. And it wouldn't have made the top 100. I love that game, but it's not I would that was love top 100. 3D Dot Game Heroes to be on this list. That was 2009, so nope. Oh. Mm. Was it then? I... It's. I don't think it would have made it anyway. I just love that game, but I love that oh, game too. That game is awesome. We should make another one. I know, right? Like, why? I wonder if like an indie developer hasn't thought about making a smaller, like, sequel well, hey, to that or something. Well, hey, it's from software. Get on it, people. Quit making the stupid uh, Dark Souls games. <laughs> is that really from software? Made it that is. Game? That's why. It was from software in a company called Silicon Studio, but wow, I had no idea. Yeah, well, stop there making you go. Dark Souls. Now you know what? <laughs> I, I wasn't a big Dark Souls fan, anyways, because it's just not my genre. But now I'm in Mark's camp. Screw Dark Souls. It's awful. It's ruining video games because we haven't gotten a 3D Dot Game Heroes 2 because of it. There you go. Oh, uh, you see my face. <laughs> now, now Randy's about as bad as Greg Miller with Patapon 2. So they also <laughs> killed off the Armored Core franchise. <laughs> I wish I had Greg Miller's life. Jesus Christ. So, um, uh, I mean, I'm I just, gonna... I just, I just, I just Go think ahead. it's like, it's not a great game, and we can take it out this list, but I I mean, it, they really did copy that 3D uh, Zelda game that people really wanted like, out of, like, Brutal Legend, and they never got. <laughs> so it's something. Well, that's because they changed Brutal Legend about halfway through, and it's not no, the no, same game. That RTS thing was supposed to be the, that was the genesis of Brutal Legend, and they built the or anything around it, and it's like, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> so, they did it the, they did it the wrong it, way. Still yeah. fun as innovative ideas. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna make my case for. I kind of said a lot of the basis of it when we talked about the the this in 2010 with the top tens, but uh, to me, if you're looking at like your but you know, basically the last gasp of when music games was sort of still relevant. Rock Band Three brought out a you know an entirely new peripheral that added so much to that game. Unfortunately, the bottom fell out because MTV kind of just said we're out of the video games business and didn't want to support it anymore. And obviously they. People were kind of tired of buying peripherals at that point, so that's that's another thing. But I mean, for what it did for the genre to add in the pro guitar thing, which I think if you really try to play, you're not going to learn every single thing that you're going to do in playing a guitar. But I think you could learn the basics and actually have fun. Uh, be using that pro controller, and and it's you know it it's different than and also you can you can actually learn some piano also learning that using that piano controller so yeah, it's the closest that you can come right like 
when you play it on the hardest difficulty, you're basically just playing songs. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, so I, I agree with you. I think it's the last great of the uh, last great game of that genre, and and a, and a great way to to kind of it's an end of an era. But man, what an end! What are you talking about, man? You got Rock Band Four. Eh, no, that's well, not that's not uh, real to me. I I still give them a lot of credit for being able to carry over all that DLC. And yeah, that's, a, that's a, the only thing I give them credit for. That. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I love the... the character creator sucks now. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, the graphics seem like a st- like Rock Band Three looks better than Rock Band Four. I don't know what the hell happened. They don't have, the don't have MTV's <laughs> money behind them. Right. So that's kind of what I happened. Like, I mean, I remember they're trying to kickstart Rock Band Four on the PC. Or they're trying to make a thing out of it and like fail spectacularly. <laughs> Yeah, because at that point, Rock Band Four was at its lowest point when they tried to do that. So yeah, they were asking for like five hundred grand. They got like twenty-seven, twenty-eight. It's like, wow. They had to make an expansion pass in order to add online to it, and uh, even then, it's still not. It took them forever to make it to where you could actually match make well and everything else. it was a chore to play online for a while. And I, I mean, obviously, I don't play it that much anymore. But, I mean, it's still cool that they still have DLC coming out for it and, and all that stuff. I mean, I'm glad it's there for people that want to have it. But, obviously, it's it's in the dying days. And if somebody even talks about a Rock Band 5 for the next-gen consoles, I think I'll, I'll totally be shocked at Man. that point. Yeah, I've completely fallen off that thing and I'm one of those people who has thousands of dollars worth of songs and the Logitech wooden guitar, so you know, I used to be really hardcore about it, but I know it's kinda Rock Band three was, was as I said, it was the last hurrah in my mind. And that great game. I think it deserves to be on this list. I'll totally totally support you on that. Alright, so let's move on to two thousand eleven. One that several of us have on here is Witcher 2. So, Jens. Yeah, I mean, Why it's Witcher a great 2? Witcher game. Better than Witcher 3. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would say it, it, it wouldn't rank. Once we do our top 100, I don't think it's going to rank anywhere near Witcher 3. Um, I don't think in, it's uh, as good a story. It doesn't hang. It's not as coherent. Um, it kind of jumps all over the place uh, sometimes. Like some of the. But the, I mean, the there are there are some really kind of good branching things. I mean, like you really have to play that game at least twice to like see all the notable content because there's like a part where basically com- like the campaign completely changes based on one decision. So that stuff's neat. Uh, the combat is a lot rougher and more unforgiving than Witcher Three, and generally it's less it, it's less polished. The map is really bad, but man, it's I mean, it's the one, right? As far as not, you know, only PC play, people played Witcher One. Witcher Two was really the what brought the series into the mainstream on consoles, and it was a remarkable technical achievement on consoles too. I mean, it's still, you know, you can boot that uh, 360 version uh, um, of Witcher Two up on your Xbox, and it looks gorgeous. So, I mean, it's it's really held up in a lot of ways. And as I said, this, I mean, it's just a really good Witcher game. Alright, so that seems to be the the leading one for 2011. Randy, you also have Raymond Origins, and so does Mark. 
Yeah, just I, I think it's the best Rayman game. Great platformer. I know they did it again with Legends. Uh, I mean, uh, I would say Legends is better, but I think Rayman Origins is a good starting point. <laughs> and just the, all of the levels that they they threw in that thing, and you could play it anywhere. It it's super colorful, and for somebody that really hated the original Rayman games, it made me fall in love with the series. I don't know if it makes the top one hundred, but I wanted to give it a shout out. I mean, would you? I mean, I would probably have Rayman Legends on. Hour on more, <laughs> just because yeah, of, mu- yeah, of we, music levels. Yeah, we can do Legends instead of Origins. That's fine with me. Uh, WWE All Stars is one that I almost selected as well. And I when... and I did select. Yeah, because <laughs> it's the only good wrestling game in the past decade and a half. He isn't wrong, folks. Because <laughs> it's just absolutely mode. fun. Yeah, and... it's like an arc- it's an arcadey fighting game. Like it's not like. The old WrestleMania game, where like Yokozuna's like blowing wind out of his ass at people and as a special attack, but it's close. It's close enough. <laughs> I mean, and and they have the like uh, Def Jam Vendetta type special moves and finishers and stuff like that. And it's yeah, it's exaggerated in the way you want a WWE game to be, not like this realistic sim game that they keep trying to do, and it sucks always. <laughs> well, now you could probably make the case that Visual Comms is just doesn't care. Well, I mean, they don't care, and THQ didn't care, except for this one time. So well, THQ happened, you know. cared, because I felt like there was actually wrestling fans that were behind some of the people, behind the big positions at THQ. It's just Ukes perhaps wasn't, you know, the best at doing that engine. And then it's funny to hear that Ukes actually had made a different wrestling game, and then once 2K found out, they dismissed them. Because they oh, were actually like, trying to fix the problems. I mean, yeah. If you have if you have a game engine that has like some errors in it, one year, and then the next year you have no time to fix it, and the errors just get worse, and the game is going to be worse. That's not a huge surprise, and it yeah. you know just compounded the problem over and over. So actually, then you get WWE 2K20. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many people clamoring for a WWE All Stars 2. And I'd be worried I, that nobody would really they, know how they to wouldn't, do it. They wouldn't do it, or they they just fuck it up. I mean, the only way I could see All Stars Two is if Midway did it, or whatever uh, Mortal Kombat studio. Another round now. Yeah, yeah. Like if they did it as just a Mortal Kombat game with, you know, John Cena as Striker, then I'd be like, all right, cool. I mean, I still want them to make that mobile game yeah, that Another Realm made. That would be amazing if they did that on console. But... Yeah. I mean, you can take it off because no one else here cares it for you. But it yeah. was like the last good wrestling game ever made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a case to be made for that. Well, it's yeah. a really, well, good WWE game, like yeah. Fire Pro is still fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Gears of War three for me, I've maybe until the most recent one. It's just I love the way that it just ends its story. Uh, it's probably perhaps the best multiplayer of all the gears, and you know it's just that original crew is something to be said that they're extremely memorable to the fact that they tried to they had to bring Marcus back in four to make people I think care more about introducing those new characters and everything, uh, which you know you could say the same for what Halo suffered when they tried to take out Master Chief, but. I think Gears of War 3 is perhaps the best Gears of War and you know from a total package standpoint and 
you know, that's that was my case for having it on there, but mm-hmm. perhaps not. I mean, I, that's the game I put down for 2011 because I thought it did deserve some mention in the top 100 for the decade uh, for all the reasons that you just said. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you want to throw it on there, that's fine. I don't know if I'd be the only Gears game on here, though. I mean, that's... Oh, thing. yeah. I mean, sure. Yes. Yeah, that's fine, except, but if you're going to have one Gears game except for Except for Judgment. <laughs> Again, judgment I wish people turret, would just... It gave us turret defense stuff. Yeah. Let's <laughs> not talk about Judgment. I want to act like that game doesn't exist. <laughs> so, all right. Let's... I think... Well, I think Daniel's the only one that... No, we're done with 2011. So moving on to 2012. Uh, for me, uh, Spelunky is a game that sometimes I still think about. Of like, I'm not a roguelike person, but like, I really love the way this. And it has permadeath, and it's it's really difficult at times. But when you solve a puzzle, it makes you feel like you really accomplished something, and I love the little the little characters and its art style is uh to me memorable in the way it uh it handles that. Um I think it sets the stage for other roguelikes that come after it. Like you know, Spelunky obviously comes from that series Spelunker or whatever, but Spocky was that first game to go, okay, what is this roguelike genre? And then after that, it was like we had this explosion of roguelikes after it. Yeah, I absolutely love Spelunky. Like you said, it's super hard, and I never get very far in it, but I always find myself going back and just trying to get a little bit farther down. Like I said, great, great graphically, very cutesy, and brutal. <laughs> but it's so much fun, I can't stop playing it. Uh, that being said, as well, now that we can go through and look at Diablo 3 as a whole, uh, including all its expansions and all its add-ons and all the ways that they've made it uh, change over the years uh, to what it is now, I mean, they really refined that game. And they took out the auction house, which was made it bad, and they, they added other things to the seasons and all that other stuff that makes it playable again now and everything. I mean, everybody was saying Diablo... I mean, and there probably is so many people that still say Diablo 2 is the best and whatever, but... That's true. Diablo 3... They made Diablo 3 much more comparable to Diablo 2 after all the changes. Yeah, and it's yeah. a huge improvement over vanilla Diablo 3, that's for sure. And... um while I don't love the game, I will fully admit that I have played it a ton. Uh, maybe because it's just the most like competent and well-playing and um, bug-free game of that genre. Still, like there, I mean, there are a lot of Diablo likes on various consoles, but they all have their own issues. And Diablo three just works really well. And then bringing that game to console and having it work as well as it did, I think, oh, yeah. is, is also a testament for that. So just for for consistency and and uh, um, just a just the level of quality that it maintains, uh, I think it probably deserves to be there. I agree. Um, I mean, I actually ended up playing it more on console than the PC, just I because I liked it. how it felt. Yeah. I I mean, 
and that was such a complete change over Diablo 2 and I think that's what made everybody like it a little bit more because it once it hit the console it felt different and it didn't feel like it was just a bad Diablo 2 clone having having that role in in the console version is pretty nice (laughs) oh yeah that helps a lot (laughs) that actually made the game a lot easier (laughs) you can evade things so easily in that game because of that um also, Jens, do you want to talk about Heavy Rain because you have it in the wrong year? Whoops. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, the David Cage game, right? It's it's uh, one of his best. Um, it was really great at the time. Uh, Randy, you're a big fan as well. I don't know. I feel like we've talked about Heavy Rain plenty before. Yeah, I, I liked Heavy Rain. It uh... I don't. There's so many games like it now, and I do think Detroit probably ended up being a little bit better than Heavy Rain. So, I don't. I don't know if we put it on there or not. And there are a lot of memor. There's a lot of good memorable moments in that game. Um, you know, like the the when you're cutting off your pinky or uh, <laughs> the, the whole. Um, like the, the interrogations with the uh, with the detective character are really good. Like there's just there's a lot of good kind of um, there are a lot of great set pieces in that game. It doesn't all hang together in the end. Like when you get to the final the final revelations, you're like, oh wait, this is your twist. This is this is really cheap. Uh, and you can tell that there are plot th- strands that kind of go nowhere because there's probably things that got cut. Like there's some red herrings around the you know maybe whatever the dad character is the killer that that doesn't go anywhere and stuff but you know who doesn't love Jaden who love, doesn't love Jaden with his little VR rig that's a hell of a rig you know that's a, those those uh, all that investigation stuff is really cool uh, there are a lot of good as far as like kind of taking adventure games in a new really slick um, cinematic direction I thought it was uh, neat well there you go I uh... But I understand if it doesn't it doesn't make it because again yeah there's a lot of games that do this now and it's not it's not as special. Yeah, I mean unless you want to give it the whole it was one of the first vote, but I mean I think you can only do that's that's the problem I think we're gonna run into with this is like how many times are we gonna be like how many games are we gonna be have on there because it was the first or it was the I think when you're talking about it really defined the genre or it made made you know those games continue. I think that's something a case that you made, but yeah, like I have yeah. to make the, like I was gonna make that same argument about Dear Esther, and I think I'm just gonna cut Dear Esther because we've already got everybody goes to the Rapture on the list, which is way better. But Dear Esther was kind of the progenitor, um, so yeah. I guess I'm just gonna strike that out because that uh, that's the same kind of scenario. Yeah. So, Mark. I mean, Mark of the Ninja is a great freaking game. Uh, yeah, I mean it's like the first good play game, uh, and I think it's a really great gameplay, like pixel perfect, and at least a lot of fun. <laughs> Anybody else uh, enjoy Mark of the Ninja? Before we, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I Pinball... it. it was good. It was a good stealth action thing. It played yeah. really well. It was slick. Great art style. Tokyo Jungle is just... There's nothing else like Tokyo Jungle. 
It's amazing. It's yeah. an amazing game. I never yeah. beat it, but uh, I had an incredible time with it. No one did. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would severely... I mean, if they made an HD just version or, you know, God forbid, a sequel, like, that'd be supreme. <laughs> I don't know why they don't. <laughs> so people who don't perhaps weren't, you know, big in games at that time in 2012. Explain to people what Tokyo Jungle It's a post-apocalyptic survival simulator where you are one of a variety of animals running wild in, I guess, Tokyo? No, it's actually Okinawa. Okinawa, sorry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but it's basically... It is like a roguelike where, uh, you know, you start out with one character class, you start out as like a little, uh, like Pomeranian. Yeah, it's either, well, there's, there's two different types of animals, either herbivores or carnivores. Right. And like, so the dog, or the Pomeranian is a carnivore, but like the deer, like the starting class, and it's an herbivore. Yeah, and, and being an herbivore plays totally different because there's different resources. Being an herbivore is actually way harder because resources are much more scarce, and yeah, you, also, I mean, you still have to worry about predators, which you can't defend yourself against well. But as you... If if you make it far enough, like as you unlock new areas and things, you'll also unlock new animals. So it, it really becomes kind of about like there's a checklist of objectives that it gives you where it's like kind of make it to this area or birth, you know, a brood of, of new, you know, like mate. You know, it's all these all these kind of uh, milestones that it makes you hit. And as you're hitting those milestones, it unlocks more and more content. And um, yeah, there's the, there's some good and there's a. Uh, the the funny thing is that they also did a DLC where you were a uh, a Japanese Porter. salary man, which yeah. is very funny. <laughs> who also who has to scrounge to survive, just like the you know the dogs do. <laughs> and there's also like a Sony robot dog that you can also play as. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I never did that. But yeah, I, I just I really loved that game. Um, I I thought it was uh, super addictive, uh, and it was extremely stressful at times, and it did have. You know, it has that uh, that roguelike tension where once you get to a certain point, um, you you start behaving like you have you're balancing like being super duper careful about your every move with the fact that constantly your hunger gauge is going up. And there's also <laughs> and like a poison s- gas you have to like watch out for and like climb like climb a type of buildings to get away from. Oh yeah, yeah, you have to get a high ground sometimes. There's all sorts of things that will kill you. I mean, it's a hard game. Uh, but uh, it's pretty remarkable conceptually. And that was, I think that game just sprung from like some design school challenge. Like it wasn't even, like it was just like a thing that somebody made in school to begin with and it turned into this, uh, like as a proof of concept kind of thing and it it turned into a real game. So it's neat on that level too. Too bad right. I'll never touch it again. Yeah, yeah. I imported Sadly. the Japanese version of it like a year or two before it came out here, and I was I was bummed because I realized that I, I couldn't figure out the objectives well enough to actually get very far. So I was happy when it came out digitally. Oh, pinball arcade, Mark. I know you're the pinball yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it was impressive for a while. They kept up with it for like a good four or five years, although. The- I think the 360 version got all fucked up because the published one under. I mean, I still play it almost every week on my PS4, but now it's a shell of a game that they lost all the licenses to, so they haven't updated it in like about a year, and it's basically done. And it's depressing as hell. 
And I remember when Syndicate came out, you really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. So. I mean, it was a last good. Uh, oh, what is it? What is the company? Machine? Oh, it's not Machine Games. It was did they became Machine Games, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Starbreeze game. That's right. Ah, yes, yeah, Starbreeze. Yes. Uh, like great That's shooting, good voice acting, a decent enough story. Uh, but I really good like, multiplayer. Like excellent yeah. co-op kind of challenge levels. Uh, I mean, if I didn't get the respo- response it deserved, or like the, because it got pretty tepid. It got okay reviews, but it got like pretty tepid sales because EA released it for some. Well, they owned it, but I mean, they didn't support it at all. But yeah, it was a good game. So if, yeah, Giant Bomb really championed it. I think Jeff was like a huge fan of it. Yeah, he was like the one big fan of it in the world. <laughs> well, I just remember not knowing anything about binary domain and then it showed up on PS plus one day and I was like, what the hell is this? And Isn't probably... it amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that game, firstly, like one, like amazing bonkers. It's like a, you know, a blade runner type story about, you know, what makes us human. These, these Android, like it eventually kind of turns to like an Android human hybrid thing or androids having children kind of thing actually a lot of it but you know what binary domain hit on a lot of themes that blade runner 2049 hit on eventually way before but yeah it's just it's it's a fantastic story fantastic characters i love the shooting i love the dismemberment mechanic i love all the little bits and pieces that fly off the robots you know who doesn't love big bow big bow is a great character that uh that french uh that french uh robot uh uh yeah, he's he's really great, uh, but really that game just man it gets emotional. Like the once you get to like the the last couple of uh, of big uh, revelations in that story, it's a uh, it's a truly it's like a heart wrenching game in the end. My counter to that would play. I played the PC version, which sucked ass. Oh, I, I played a little bit of the PC version. It seemed fine. Uh, it didn't recognize my 360 controller, so I was like, mm-hmm. "Press button 11 to shoot." And I'm like, "Okay, I don't know what's what? going on with your with your, no, on your it, computer, it, but like, it, it was fine." It didn't have Xbox 360 gamepad. Like, it it, it used gamepad, but it didn't have the button prompts. They may, I mean, they may have they may have patched it in because I remember playing it with a gamepad on PC like years after the fact because I'd already yeah. stowed my 360 away, and I was like, "I want to play Binary Domain again." So, and they also. Steam. It also couldn't recognize my microphone for like their voice command bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a Yakuza team game, so it's kind of cool that the Yakuza team went and made it like a really great shooter somehow. When Dead Souls was such trash, uh, in terms, reg- I mean, Dead Souls is not a trash. It's, I, I don't hate Dead Souls, but it's like not a good shooter. So it's amazing to me that Binary Domain is actually a good shooter. But I, I just I wanted to make a case for it just because uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And I just remember it being such a gigantic flop. Like, it sold basically nothing when it came out. It sold, like, what, like 10,000 copies in America, like, first week or something ridiculous like that. Um, basically, you know, it, it has built a fan base over time, but it's always been, like, a super underappreciated game, and I would love to put it on this list. Well, Randy, I don't know how you feel about that for you. Are we putting it on those, passing it through? or well, That's up to you guys. I don't care. I've never played it, so I don't know anything about it. 
I'll just pass it through. We'll figure it out when we get to the... So, we talked about Sleeping Dogs. It barely didn't make the top ten for its year. Uh, but I feel like it was almost there. And it... for I, mean, it's, I think it has a lot more love now because of the studio closing. And I think people really want it to like get another shot. But, I mean, for its time... To have, yes, you could easily call it like GTA Hong Kong, but I think I love the like the story elements in that game. I, I love just being able to walk around and kind of do whatever, and and like the fighting mechanics were really good in that game. I love the counter system. I just I had a lot of fun playing that game. So, um, and it's it's not your typical like GTA setting either so I think it kind of set itself apart and it just really flew under the radar when it came out and I think they like Square Enix tried too late to give it the was it a DLC or whatever like, they completely changed that Triad Wars or whatever the heck that was supposed to be that was like a MMO or like a multi- yeah. online multiplayer game thing that sucked yep so that didn't help it either. Instead of trying to keep improving Sleeping Dogs, they just made it something it shouldn't have been. And I mean, I would support it because it's like the game a lot. Like I like it a lot, a lot more than most GTA games. <laughs> and I just wanted to bring out uh, Counter Strike Global Offensive because similar to StarCraft Two, when you talk about the PC arena. When you talk about like early esports, early like multiplayer ish things, like Counter Strike Global Offensive, like was the game. Like I don't, I think I remember growing up, and I don't think I wouldn't meet somebody that didn't would say, "Oh, are you going to play Counter Strike? Who doesn't? You know, who's not playing Counter Strike?" Like it, it was the game everybody talked about for quite a while in that year and beyond. So. Uh, you know, I think, I guess for being a first one of one of those, um, and I, you know, and it's in, it's still a thing today, um, maybe not as vociferously as I was back then, but it, it's certainly in certain sectors, it is still a, a huge game. I would say it's not good as good as 1.6. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I know you sort of mentioned Crusader Kings too, Jens. I don't know if you... Oh, yeah. That's probably the deepest oh. game I've ever played in terms of systems. I mean, it's a remarkable achievement, the amount of stuff that goes on in, under the hood in this game. Like, what can... That, so this is basically... It's like a, it's a historical strategy game that, uh, uh, you know, simulates um, all manner of medieval wars. I mean, there's all these different, different historical settings... Um, that you can recreate, but also, of course, it gives you um, all manner of custom modes. But really, this is all about kind of managing your, like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to just run Ireland in the 1500s and, like, run this uh, legacy, this, uh, 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 you know, kingdom. And you're dealing with your heirs and, like, all these internal political struggles where you're dealing with the clergy and spies and you've got to have a a line of succession 
that you're trying to manage, and there's all these. I mean, the the number of factors that can come into this, and I realize that it's a game. It's very dense. It's hard to get into. It's all menus, but I, I think the reason why it is is so addictive and has has had such staying power for people is just because the amount of emergent behavior that can come out of this game is insane. It almost has this. It has kind of the same appeal that something like Dwarf Fortress has, where you just you never and. You know, I'm sure you've seen like people sharing anecdotes of, of you know, insane like soap opera type conflicts that are emerging between the uh, the various characters in a Crusader Kings game, when the the backstabbing, and the like. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna force my kids to marry now because it's the only or like all all this stuff, and then you add to that the mod scene that has taken Crusader Kings and just completely blown it up where there's like okay there's just install this mod and you get basically um every nuance of the world of game of thrones simulated in crusader kings which is of course a perfect fit for that game because it is i mean if you want to do the war of the roses in crusader kings you absolutely can there's all these all these user-made campaigns for the amount of con i mean if if you want to pick like hey you just can play like one PC strategy game for the rest of your life. I actually think I might pick that one just because it it seems like there's infinite um, content to be had there. It's not fun. <laughs> that is, uh, I mean, that's entirely a matter of opinion. It depends on what you care about. If you're the kind of person who will listen to, you know, um, Dan Carlin talk about about uh, oh, everyone does <laughs> the War that. of the Roses for eight hours or something, or you know, if you're a history buff. Uh, I could see this, uh, you know, this is, I, which I'm not, I'm not pretending to be a huge history buff or anything. I just like good games, but I'm just, I'm thinking that like, there's a certain type of audience, um, I think for which that is an irreplaceable game. They're not people that should be counted upon or <laughs> acknowledged. <laughs> so what, what's your, have you, how much have you played of it, uh, Mark? And what's your issue? I looked, no, I looked at like the first, like, I played like an hour. And I was like, yeah, it's all menus. I'm, I'm done. There's nothing yeah, okay, to do. Okay, you can't... I mean, I could, how... I could play Anno if I wanted that crap. That's like saying I read the first 50 pages of War and Peace and it was really boring. Yeah. Uh, it's idiotic. How, how, how long should I play the game then? 80 hours? And be bored off my ass? Okay, you wouldn't judge a Civilization game after one hour. You could. No. I mean, I knew, I, I knew after the first hour that uh, Beyond Earth sucked ass. Well, that's a diff- that's an entirely different. Co- I don't, I'm not going to defend Beyond Earth, <laughs> but uh, I think just uh, I feel like your opinion of Crusader Kings Two is not really valid. I, I mean, think, between the two, uh, if I'd rather play... have. I'd... Oh, go on. Go sorry, ahead. I was just going to say, if you play Paradox games, they get very in depth with everything, even Stellaris, which is the sci-fi setting. It. It's a little. It's a different game, but it you get very in depth with everything, and so I, mean, I think it's more. It, you have it has to appeal to you. That type of game has to appeal to you, but you know what you're getting when you go in if you see that it's a paradox game. Yeah, and and this to me of the ones. I mean, I've played King Arthur. Uh, you know, the role playing war. I've played a, a couple of them. And this is definitely my favorite. I'm, I'm not like a huge Paradox fanboy, but like Crusader Kings 2 hit me in the right way. I mean, between the two, I, I'd probably put, rather put Stellaris on 
because I think that has a slightly easier ramp to get into. And I like sci-fi more than historical crap. <laughs> but you could you could say it's all menus about about a lot of PC strategy games. That's why I wanted Civ Five because it actually has some gameplay. <laughs> oh my God, Civ Five is not anywhere the game Crusader Kings Two is. Don't get me. I mean, that's ridiculous. I think uh, the. I mean, I guess another. Uh, it's it's just another Civ, and it's an inferior one. Go on, Daniel. You were making a point oh. before he interrupted. <laughs> it's. I was just going to say, from the. I haven't gotten to play much of Crusader Kings Two. But from the little bit that I have played and that I've seen and I've watched a lot of videos of it being played, I definitely do think it's a game that I would enjoy if I could sit down and dedicate the time to it like I need to. But I would cons- I would put that above Civ Five. Yeah, but then you see you put Stellaris above that as well. Yeah, but I so, do I mean... think uh, Savior King should be considered for the top 100. I don't know if the way everything works out, if it would make it, but I think it should be considered. Especially if we're talking historical significance or notability. I think it's very notable. All right, fine. <laughs> all right, and I'm lost there, so... <laughs> all right, let's move I mean, on. I'd like to... Solaris on the list as well, if we, if we can put both of those. Okay. I... Fair enough. I remember, the more stuff we put on, the more stuff we got to figure out there, to take off. There, so there's other, another game on my list further down that would beat out Stellaris at least. So we can have that battle later on. <laughs> I mean, I'd be happy to cut some things. I, I could cut Witcher two. I mean, since we're going to have Witcher three on the list, you know. I, okay, let's not... let we'll get to that maybe at the end. Let's get through this because we still have a lot of. St- games to get to and if we start talking about cutting things we'll never get there uh so uh sorry we're like already an hour in so we're just now at 2013 um obviously Luigi's Mansion 3 is in on the 2019 side a lot of people kind of tend to forget Dark Moon because it's on 3DS and you have represented here yet so uh, that's really the only reason I wanted to bring it up. I just think it's a really great Luigi's Mansion game that is super overlooked. So that I, I don't expect it to make the list. I just wanted to mention it. I heard that kind of, kind of shaky reviews when it came out. Uh, I also remember hearing that as well. I liked it a lot. Uh, but, of course, it was the first Luigi's Mansion game I played in a very long time at that point. Well, so. It was only the second one. Like it's not like there were. Well, yeah, eight but the, you know, since like... the GameCube, there was a big gap in between them. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing with Dark Moon is that it's just too long, and it gets it gets kind of repetitive and grindy in its last like ten hours or so. Like it's a forty-hour game, uh, so I, I could see taking it off. I'm sure I haven't played Luigi's Mansion Three yet. I really want to. I'm, I'm sure it's uh, probably better, but I just thought it deserved a mention. Is all. All right, if you want to talk about comeback story of the entire decade, Final Fantasy XIV Rome Reborn has that beat and then some for Final Fantasy XIV to come out and be the absolute trash that it was. Then Rome Reborn comes out and absolutely makes you forget that that thing existed. And then also for them to continue to iterate 
with those expansion packs and improved the game constantly. It has an amazing soundtrack, which, yes, you expect that from Final Fantasy games, but it's it's great. And, you know, I've, I've only played some of it, like, you know, when I had it for a free trial or whatever, so I can't say too much from experience, but just all the stuff that that game has gone through to continue every expansion seems to just improve upon that story and i mean if you wanted to like take that as a whole you could really say it's one of the best final fantasy games uh it's just obviously hard to play because it's an mmo but again you you could make the case that of this decade when you think about one mmo that is the game you think about yeah i mean i don't care about it but it should be on here because it is the only like at least competitor to WoW that people are talking about. It's not like anyone gives a shit about Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, I didn't know Elder Scrolls Online go free to play. Yeah, but most of them do. Well, Gone Home also was... It's short, and... You can make the case that there are games that have come after it that do this better. But you could also say that Gone Home Story is a unique one. And the way that it tells it, and it's that first of those walking sims that I think kind of grabbed people and made people question, is this a game? What is this? But man, it's making you feel things. And... You know, to yeah, like, I, yeah. I absolutely loved Gone Home, and it was the same thing what you were just saying because it was the first kind of game like that, so it was a different experience. And the story is fantastic on Gone Home, but I do think that because that has become a, a whole genre, that there are games out there that do everything that Gone Home did but better. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it should get considering just because we're not talking about like oh it didn't it kind of was a better one of those or it started something that hey now you know you're a 2019 game of the year death stranding you could in a way call it that and it kind of close i'm just joking i'm just <laughs> furthering that uh that narrative hey, but, i had, uh, had gone both I had games involve you walking ghost. around, and both games involve ghosts. What more do you want? A lot. I want a lot more. more. No, I, so, I, I had gone home on my list, but I, I ended up taking it off as I was looking. And we had we have a few walking simulators that we're trying to get on this last chance thing, and some that already made it. So. Uh, we can put it on there for sure, but yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to get all all those things on. So. Mark is if gone, if gone Home is not going to make it, I'm just going to strike Firewatch off because I think Firewatch is worse than Gone Home in this regard. Well, no, we'll put Gone Home in the in the consideration, but when we start actually trying to make that, what's going to be the 100? Yeah, you know that that ending part of the 100, we have to start, you know, really getting into minutia of things. But um, Mark is is the I think the only kind of different one. Here he has a Splinter Cell Blacklist, which you could make the case is the best of the Splinter Cells. Yeah, I mean, Conviction. yeah, no, no, Blacklist. I like Blacklist more. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Yang's played it is good. I mean, I really like the gameplay. It's one of those I actually really did like. I did play Conviction, but I didn't like it as much because I had some really annoying, stupid parts that were like monster closets, I thought. Or like, you know, the enemies would just kind of endlessly spawn for a while. And I was like, this isn't that much fun. Um, yeah, I just really liked it. And it was, it's the last Splinter Cell game also, which <laughs> I, I miss it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a chance that maybe E3 2020, now yeah, that we've... Been, they've been saying that for the past five years. I mean... <laughs> it's true, yeah. But uh, why not wait to make that make that big console leap, I guess. Well, I don't, um, think, gonna, well, I don't think Blacklist sold that well. That's another big problem. <laughs> but they keep putting Sam Fisher into other Ubisoft things, so obviously they still yeah, care look, for that character. Look for, look for him in the new Rayman game coming soon. <laughs> and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, fantastic game. A, oh. uh, an utterly hilarious story that is like blows Kojima out of the water in terms of insanity. No. Uh, oh, the, the senator guy at the end is. I, mean, I do love that. I, I okay. don't know if it's crazier than than like pure Kojima, the, but the the, the, uh, the kids' brains being abducted or you know stolen out of their heads and being put <laughs> in jars. Yeah, I, I will say this: I I love Revengeance, and I cannot believe I forgot to put it on my list. So I, uh, I fully support you on this. I think good music. I think it had, actually it's really good gameplay. Like it's hard to get into. Uh, like, well, it's a little weird at first because like the counter system is just kind of wonky. Yeah, once the, sli- the slicing is great. Well, like once you figure it out, it just feels like natural. Uh, yeah, I, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, so and it's a platinum game. Come, it's awesome. It's it's the last game that has ever made me break a controller. Wow. What was what, what 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 did it for you? Really? I hated it. I did. I didn't. I I think it's what Mark just said. I didn't give it a lot of time. I got to like the third or fourth boss. And just I could, the character and I did not want to work the same. I, I guess I went into it thinking Devil May Cry, and it just didn't go the way I wanted. And I I didn't like it at all. Man, but, I think the gameplay is awesome. It wasn't for me. I think it's, it's I think it's slower and more of a thinking man's Devil May Cry. Like you really have to like approach certain enemies, like know how they count or know how, know how they attack so well, you can if- counter correctly. If you don't but, like that, you might not want to do Astral Chain. You, you probably wouldn't like Astral Chain. Because that has a lot of revengeance in it, too. Yeah, you have to think about what you're going to yeah. do and what... Bayonetta uh, is closer to the pure Devil May Cry thing. Yeah. But really, I mean, Platinum just... I feel like they kind of can do no wrong when it comes to these games. Like, I've enjoyed pretty much everything they've done in this genre, so... And, and it was... I just didn't want to get into a game that was based off the worst character in the whole franchise, but... Oh, but they make him so awesome. What, what Johnny Suzuki? <laughs> now Johnny Suzuki has a backstory at least. It's it's his backside. The, the only the, the only like really <laughs> bad thing about um, uh, Rising is like the Jack the Ripper voice is just hilarious, like unintentionally. So I think like I, I think they're trying to be cool, but like when the guy puts out that voice, it's like wow, no. <laughs> so so were we putting this on this list? Yeah, let's yeah, go ahead and okay, go ahead and fine. pass it that's over. Fine. All right, so now we're finally moving into 2014. Uh, I feel like I don't have to say much about this because we know what this is, and I think everybody in the world at this point knows what this is, and we completely just didn't uh, mention that. it for 2014. Hearthstone is absolutely important as far as 
Blizzard didn't intend for Hearthstone to be anything, and then it comes out and it explodes and becomes this thing that I think people that weren't playing ever thought about playing a, a digital card game or whatever. All of a sudden, everybody was playing Hearthstone, gave it a shot whether you stuck with it or not. Um, then they put it on mobile, and it was even more of a big thing. It became its own esport and its own big deal. Has tournaments and everything is. Uh, digital card games that came after Hearthstone are still trying to encapsulate Hearthstone, and they still, even though Hearthstone has obviously fallen off because you know the Overwatch and Fortnite and all that stuff has kind of taken a lot of that what Hearthstone had at first, but it's still going. They're still doing things for it, and there are still a lot of digital card games that are trying to hit that genie in the bottle, and, and they don't do it. Not to mention yeah, that it almost led to the fall of Blizzard. Yeah, this, still this mil- year. Yeah, they're still mil- milking it into the ground. Also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually there's two sides of that coin too when it comes to that. But yeah, it's it's super influential for. Yeah, I agree. Things after that. Uh, also, I would make the case that PT is equally just as important in showing that horror can be artistic. And horror can be, it doesn't have to be this, you know, either horror porn or survival horror can be this this other thing. And it's a demo, but people still talk about it today. And people still, like, revere it, and obviously it has a big... See, I, I think that's the, that's the problem with my, my view, is I think if that Silent Hill game came out and sucked, like we all know it would be, uh, it would, no one would care about it. You don't it's, know. You don't know it would have sucked. It's a Silent it Hill game. It wasn't. No, but it's made by different people. It wasn't be, made by the people that made Silent Hill: Homecoming. Yeah, it's made by the same people who made Castlevania: Lord of, Lords of Shadow. No, it wasn't. It was made by the pe- the same people that made Death Stranding, sir. Thank you. Like I said, it would have sucked. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's just it's just the mystique of. You know, then canceling the game and Kojima leaving. Well, that's but why people, some of the actual people, scenes in that game are freaking scary as fuck. I don't know. But, I played and beat it, and I was like, all right. I got I spooked just, several times playing that game. Uh, that's just me, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know as far as making the top 100. Uh, I'm also, right there with you. It had, had I mean, my also, list, too. But, yeah, it is a demo, but it's the only demo ever that has tripled the price of your PlayStation 4. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> true. I mean, yeah, I that's just, and people still talk about it. I like it has had the biggest impact of any, uh, like as far as the cultural impact of of PT. I still see people pining for it, but that game could, you know, but Honestly, what it is, yeah, but it could have. But people still pine for like Mega Man Legends Three or you know other canceled yeah, well, games. They, they like... all they all wanted that Shenmue Three too, and look what happened there. Uh, yeah, they, they made another Shenmue game. That's just like the Shenmue's always been. <laughs> right. Let's keep in. Let's keep in mind. There also there were always people pining for Duke Nukem Forever until it finally uh, came out. That is so. That, that's a better. And it was great. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the one thing I'll say about PT, I think it would have made the list if Kojima's plan wasn't thwarted by how hard the internet works, because the whole point of that demo was it was supposed to take weeks to figure out that last clue to then show that it was a silent Hills game. And it took the internet like two days 
and I still like now they finally got it down to where it's it's pitch perfect. But even then, they just they they fell into it on mistake. But people were discovering like weird things hidden in that game for years. Yeah, I mean, they're still we're finding stuff. But as far as it becoming showing that it was a Silent Hills reveal kind of a thing, it was it was supposed to be a summer long <laughs> adventure, and the internet went, no, hold on, you don't understand how how all of us will play this game for nine hours straight and just be running into walls and doing the most ridiculous things possible. And that's what I liked about it. And I think, honestly, it's kind of a, a hint of what Death Stranding became with that whole working together and becoming community and, and that whole thing. Again, I don't think it's a top 100 because it is just a demo and it is one hallway, but the stuff that he, they did in that one hallway was fantastic. Oh, I would argue... I would still yeah. argue that even though it's a demo, you know... I think it's really important. I, yeah, I, I wonder I, how much of the lore that they had planned for Silent Hills ended up in Death Stranding. Like, how much of the thing with the BTs and and the the other, the other realm and the I, I wonder how much of that stuff is from 100%. that original concept. Mm, I don't know. And I'm sure there was a level of adaptation that had to happen to make it fit into into this package delivery game. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Mark's pretty right other than obviously they had to change a lot of it but the fact that with the bts and kind of that uh, holding on to life through death that's what silent hills is it's right. it's your purgatory and which is why i don't understand why people hated the movie i thought it explained what the story of silent hills was great the, the movie changed the nature of what the cult was that's the thing i didn't like about it i think from an aesthetic standpoint like it was on the mark yeah like it had I mean, to look I, as far as done. feeling went, I thought it was the best video game. Yeah, movie. the atmosphere is great, but yeah, I, I didn't like um, the Alice Creech character and what they changed about the nature of um, kind of the motivations behind the evil cult. And they didn't handle the exposition aspect of it very well. But that's a different, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I still think that first Silent Hill movie is fine. Um, the second one, not so much. No, but but yeah, okay, we can put it on the list. So that's fine. I loved it. Octodad is also just. I, a joy. I just want to do stupid uh, simulator games, though. Yeah, but it's not a stupid sim. It's it's, you know, it's like a co-op kind of thing. The but it's the best of those, right? Like it actually controls well. You can actually get things done. Controlling all the limbs individually feels really good. Like they they worked out like the the snappiness of like snapping your tentacles to objects and stuff works really well. Um, being able to, it's almost like a the way that uh, you know some of the you know snapping the, the way that like uh, Untitled Goose Game you know does it when when you're you know like lower, lowering and raising your neck and and you know focusing on different things like uh, I, I really think they managed to take something that was in the realm of kind of weird screwing around games on Steam and like made it work as a legitimate gameplay system that was a campaign that you could finish and was fun and was just really situationally funny. Like, just emergent things that happened that were hilarious. That's what I liked the most about the game. It was funny. I laughed. I don't know how many yeah. times playing that game. <laughs> yeah, that game was was really fun playing four player. It, it's almost impossible. <laughs> At least oh, with wow. the people I played it with. But just because they all wanted to go in different directions. But I remember we did that for one of our marathons back when I had my old podcast and and we had a lot of fun with that. And that and one that I saw, Jens, you had on your, your previous list before you cut it down. But uh, keep talking and nobody explodes. I, I think oh, I don't know if it makes the list, 
But I, I just wanted to say, God, that game was fun. That's one of the few times I watched him and Wes on the stream or whatever, and I think Randy had me try to solve a couple of the puzzles, and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but this is just crazy. <laughs> so. It's like it's like reverse space team, where, whereas space team is all about, you know, do the things. I mean, it's it's similar, I guess, except that it's giving you that huge instruction manual where you have to go through and figure it out and, and do math and, like, all this stuff to... to you know, uh, narrow it down to which wire are you going to cut? A really, a great concept for a game. Great execution. Um, I, I agree. I, I think keep talking and <laughs> nobody explodes is fantastic. But I don't think, I don't know if it makes the um, no. makes the one hundred. So I, I had cut it preemptively when yeah. Sean told me I had too many games. Uh, you kind of said stuff about Five Nights at Freddy's when you were trying to put it into the top ten. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, and I never thought it should have been a top 10 as far as that year goes. But just as far as influential games, that game blew up and is huge. And I think, I don't care if it makes the the last chance list or not. I'm, I like the lore of that game. I like watching yeah, I would say that. Like, people on YouTube like try to break down all the hidden things that Scott Cawthon puts into those games. But I would say that if we did end up going the route of putting series together... On our top 100, then I would fight super hard for Five Nights at Freddy's because I think that as a whole has has created a giant lore. As far as the first game goes, it, it was super influential and was huge for what simple of a game it was. But if we don't want to put it on the list, that's fine. With me. I mean, it has its own merch. It has its own everything. It it became its own line of so many things by itself. You know, that's that's something for. Uh, what amounts to an indie game all sitting unsold yeah. in the back of the hot topic and that's gamestop not... and gamestop yeah like gamestop couldn't get rid of those uh five nights of freddy's pops fast enough like they just sat there and sat there, and sat there. you guys haven't seen my son's room <laughs> he just he can't oh. buy it all damn it <laughs> hey you know what my daughter's the same but with lps so her room is all that so I, I understand, Randy. Uh, well, it was Littlest Pet Shop, and they lowered it down to just oh, a three letters. I vaguely remember hearing about that. So, uh, yeah, that's I, we just got. To, I'm gonna give props to Mark for putting an anime game on the list in One Piece, one of my favorite animes of all time so i'm actually yeah. downloading this game on my switch right now i haven't played it so if i, if I could afford it again on other consoles i'd get it it's a uh it's 12 dollars on the switch right now i'll repeat what i said said uh it's just a really good adventure game like you can play as all the characters they all have different powers uh the levels are pretty short uh there's a lot of stuff to do in like the town like a lot of like side quests to do and I just thought it was really good. Like I didn't, I don't care about the anime. I, I just thought it was a good adventure game. <laughs> Listen, Sean, Mark does not have time to play One Piece again. He has to play the Vegeta Saga and another Dragon Ball game. All right, I have to play Monster Hunter Ice World. Okay. All right, yeah, Ice World. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't make this list necessarily, but I thought it was a good game <laughs> that no one remembered or cared about. <laughs> Well, uh, Endless Legends. Yeah, this what is my it? counter to your Civ Five hate. 
is this is another 4X game that's like shockingly good. It looks beautiful, has a great lore to it. Uh, like the classic R4X uh, gameplay. Like if you don't want to have Civ 5 on there, that's fine, but have this on there instead then. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. The only like, thing that I, the only thing I heard about that is that it was super buggy, but I know that they patched it a lot. No, I I played it. I had no, I ran into no problem. I reviewed it and I gave it like mm. a nine. I, I just remember I, there being a lot of controversies around like that game getting patched over and over, unless uh, I'm confusing it with something else. It ran fine for me. Uh, I think it, I think you would actually really like the art style because it has like a really weird but good like diorama look to it. It almost looks like like the Game of Thrones like intro or like you know the city building sequence mm-hmm. uh but yeah it was just a fantastic game <laughs> and like way easier to get into than like endless endless space which is bewildering to me <laughs> all right mark i'm gonna let you you need to like kind of go through these fast because you have a lot of games in 2015 yeah uh, we can see so... it's cool but it doesn't need to be on there uh i think city city skyline should because it's the only city building game worth a damn on um, the best decade, because some city. What about City Six L? No, <laughs> and that's a twenty-year-old game at this point because <laughs> they just keep re-releasing it over and over. Okay. Uh, Project Cars is cool. Doesn't need to be on here. I thought Contradiction was neat. Uh, I don't think we have. I don't think we really have any FMV game on here except for maybe Erica. Uh, and Rebel Galaxy was cool, but. But not a twenty fifteen game though. What was that's it? A re- that's a re-release, isn't it? No, Rebel Galaxy. Oh was no, new. I'm thinking of Rogue Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, Rebel Galaxy was like a like space. It's like the it's like the ship crap from Assassin's Creed Four, but in space. So right. is Rebel Galaxy out like the sequel or something? No, no, Re- huh? Is Rebel Galaxy Outlaw a sequel? Yeah, yeah, or? it's a sequel, okay. but it's also it's a different game because the uh, the first one is like all third person, uh, and the and this one like you're it's in first person, and you can actually like fly around. Like the first one is like. Very much on. It's not. It's not a 3D game. It's on a 2D plat like plane. Um, this one like Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I haven't played it because I'm not a fucking Steam. It's an epic bastards. Um, but I will play it when it comes on Steam. It looks fantastic. Like it fulfills that Firefly need that we all have. <laughs> it's a launcher. It's a yeah, launcher. <laughs> it's a needed. I I already have four of them. I don't need a fifth. Oh, you have four! <laughs> Why yeah, at that three. point? What does one more have anything to do with <laughs> Three of them installed because of the one. It's not like I installed them for the hell of it. It's like, oh, I need this stupid thing to put run Assassin's Creed 2. I guess I'll download it. <laughs> From Steam. <laughs> Alright, so... <laughs> well, one thing I'll say about Rebel Galaxy, it was fun, uh, but I prefer Elite Dangerous just because of the wide open sandbox nature of it that'd be fine mm-hmm. like i'm not married to rebel galaxy that much but i mean having like one space game would be nice on this list <laughs> all right and it's never going to be uh star citizen because that's never coming out so. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay so the only one taking up this list then is city skylines i, I would yeah i take city skylines personally okay all right so the other th- uh, Splatoon is a game that I wish I had played. I never. I I had a Wii U for like basically a hot minute. Um, yeah, so it <laughs> it's fantastic. And, yeah, but isn't Splatoon two better? 
Uh, I mean, it's about it. They're they're about on par, but I mean, Splatoon, you know, it took the it took the kind of Team Fortress competitive team uh, formula and you know made it made it uh, appealing for a whole new audience that had never played that kind of game before, and it it you know blew up. It was huge, and uh, it's just super fun, super well designed, great art style, really well balanced. Um, gameplay, just everything about it um, is just first class. Just uh, exactly the level of quality and polish that you'd expect from Nintendo, but turned towards a genre that you don't expect from them, and uh, really great. I mean, I would be happy with Splatoon being out here, but I think we should pick one or the other, like one or two. Oh well, yeah, definitely. Uh, which already, one are we, is we talk? Already on our list? No, we didn't have it. No. Make it so you want to put yeah, Splatoon yeah, I would too. Say first one's fine. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think the first one is more historically notable than two. I think they're both. Yeah, but I think what Splatoon Two does for the story, like adding a story mode, I think is is also important because they could have just not done that at all, but they really tried. Well, the, first, the first one had a story or had a campaign, I think. Yeah, but the yeah, DLC kind that... of not a real campaign. It's yeah. like how Titanfall had a campaign. Okay, one of those good ones. <laughs> Uh, well, the other, the other ones, uh, these are all kind of the big games of 2015 that we kind of didn't, uh, we, well, we tried to get Kerbal Space Program on the list. I mean, didn't... I, would, I would say if you want to put it on an importance list, that's, that should be fine. Or that, that's yeah. good for it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just yeah. do it. I know Daniel, really liked it. Um, yeah, it was fun. So, uh, Rainbow Six Seeds is another one of those games that uh, it's a Ubisoft special, comes out, it's bad, and then they improve it, and it becomes this huge thing that is still having operators made today. In fact, they it's getting so hard to make new operators that they're like happy that there's a new next generation so they can keep making them. It's an absolute cash cow for Ubisoft. Um, uh, you know, what they couldn't really do with the Division very well, especially Division 2, they've somehow been able to do with Six Siege where they do bring in extra content that helps and, and makes that game continue to be uh, viable and, and a big deal uh, for people. And I know a lot of people that they still, that's the game that they play almost every day. It, it's crazy to, to think that when that game came out, it was supposed to be a a how to keep robbers from getting in your house or whatever. It's supposed to be the short thing, and then all of a sudden that it blew up to to became a wholly different game when it finally came out. And I Life is Strange, which you could make a case is a better done version than what Telltale tried to do. Exactly. Dramatically, uh, yeah. yes. I mean, that should be on here. <laughs> the, tell the Telltale formula, but good. And more of a more of a proper adventure game still. I mean, it's got a little bit more depth, I think. Well, Life is Strange one or usual. two, one, one. I haven't okay. actually played two even. No one played two. Mm. I wouldn't say no one. There's there's quite a few people that enjoy but it. It's I think, just yeah, you don't hear it Life talked is, about. Life is Strange also surprised me because it was from the Remember Me people, which is a game that I really I, wanted to enjoy conceptually I, was way behind, but I just in execution didn't like. So the fact that they like delivered 
on on um, on that on Life of Strange was a really pleasant surprise. I like Remember Me quite a bit, but I mean, yeah, it was a completely different game. And so, one they like, went on to make Vampire, so yeah. Uh, well, I think we can move on to 2016, and we got some uh, big games uh, here uh, to discuss. And uh, the probably number one of those is Pokemon Go. Uh, I think if we're talking about influential games, yes, technically there's probably a zillion other mobile games that you could come out and go, oh, they're more important, they're, you know... If you're talking about mobile games and make people want to play them and all that, you know, maybe not Pokemon Go, but I think to have it tied to a franchise and then have it explode to the point where it became a phenomenon. Like, people were outside in hordes. Like, you would think that there is some chaotic thing going on and people all chasing Pokemon on a screen. Like, it's insane, you know? So, I I mean, we'll have to obviously discuss it when it comes to the 100 or whatever, but definitely got to pass it on, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And No Man's Sky is another one of those that started out with a really bad reputation because it made a lot of promises and didn't deliver on them, but they have slowly repaired that and continued to add on to it and it's a completely different game now than it was in 2016 and yeah as well with the psvr it's really good is it actually good now yeah like is there is there more to it than just collecting stuff and upgrading your your equipment. didn't they add some kind of an actual like campaignish mode now? Yeah, there's a big story mode. You can actually play with other people now. You build bases. I mean, there's a lot more that you can do in it than you could at launch. And just, you can actually do it with other people as opposed to being on your own. I just don't think I've ever been angrier or more disappointed with a video game than No Man's Sky. It's probably. It's like my most loathed game, and I have not seen any of the new content because I just, you know, deleted it and said, screw this forever. So I, I'm, I'm pretty, like, adamantly... But, I mean, I guess if if you're saying it's a completely different game now, then it's difficult for me to argue, but it just it pains me to see it on any kind of best-of-anything list. The, the other reason why I'm willing to put it on there... All of these upgrades that they've done to fix the game are free. Right, yeah. There's no DLC to fix it. There's no expansion. It's, hey, the game was bad. We've slowly improved it. And all of this stuff that makes it a better game is free. I was going to say, I even mean, I mean, thought the launch version was okay enough. Like, it wasn't, like, the deepest thing. But, I mean, I still had fun just going around to different planets and naming shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a bad game at launch, but they didn't fulfill the promises that they made in development. And then I think there was also. I don't even care about the promises. It was not fun to play. It was just an it was just an inventory management, and I I thought it was a nightmare, uh, both in terms of the interface and and just like the pacing was terrible. The graphics were really disappointing. I mean, aside uh, from the graphics, you can make the same argument for Death Stranding. 
No, oh, come on now, good, really? Death Stranding has good menus. Are we going to go to this every time? Yes, yeah, I think we are. <laughs> it's either Death Stranding or Dark Souls. That's and the, De- that's Death, Death Stranding has like a really interesting inventory management where everything actually takes up a physical space on your backpack, and it doesn't just look like the the Destiny inventory repurposed to be like it's like a, it was like the Destiny style with like a little fake cursor that you move around and then you have to tetris all your objects around in your back. Oh, I just man, yeah, I hate it, it. It it took it took it took its cues from another great game, Resident Evil 4. Well, <laughs> we we talked about Resident Evil games last night, so <laughs> you know where I stand on that. I don't actually like Resident Evil very much. Havu. All right, so Sure. Uh, the division. I, I have to. I have to unfriend Yens on Facebook. Just one second. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, it's Resident Evil to me is kind of like Halo, where I play them because they're there and they're big and they're in the conversation. <laughs> All good, man. All good. Don't let five, totally, five just put a sour taste in my mouth. But I love the other ones. Five is five is his favorite game. So it's like, yeah, right. five's the best one. That's actually like a decent co-op shooter. I was talking about Halo. I wasn't talking about Resident Evil. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. Halo. Once, once they changed developers, uh, Halo Four really was, was still good. Five just, oh, they made Four that. I don't know why game. they had to make a story that's co-op focused. is so bad. You don't it's care like, about Locke and his team? No, I don't. <laughs> and also, why? Like, it's the same problem Final Fantasy Fifteen had. We're trying to make it too big. Well, it's. Oh, we're now we're gonna have a TV, uh, like a series that you have to watch, and a movie and everything. Like, come on now, stop it, Just stop it. So, uh, Mark, the division. Obviously, I was, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be on here. I just liked it. I thought, like, I know Jens didn't like it. Boring uh, as sin. I just like I really just like the game world. Like I thought, like their version of New York is pretty interesting. Like, and like the backstories was like that was like the part I liked really. Like the gameplay itself was like hit or miss. And we it don't have to talk to Mark about Division Two and that those failings. So yeah, but yeah, I mean I just like the game world. That's kind of about it. All those and, shooters, man. It's, it's, it, I've got had exactly the same issue with that as it with Destiny, where it's just. Like, man, the grind and the repetitiveness, and man, it just wore me down. And Planet Coaster, I know you like it a uh, lot. So. It, it, it's my same argument for uh, City Skylines. Like, it's the only good roller coaster management game in the past, you know, decade. Wait, City Skylines is already on the list. Which no, game no, no Pla- Planet Coaster. Oh, 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 yeah. Like, you can really design a really great roller coaster if you want to. Like, the, it's really intuitive. Um,. Uh, like even like that, which I always find really hard in those games. Like the park management stuff works really well. Like it doesn't need to be on here necessarily, but like if you, like it represents a very it's a very slim or very like minute genre of games that people some people still like to play. I know we've talked about Stellaris off and on here. Anything else you want to say about it, Daniel? Uh, I mean, it's just a fun game. The only knock against it is the massive amount of expansions that they come out for but uh, again the mod community I think adds so much depth to the game it's amazing and Yen's Firewatch eh, I mean we've we talked about Firewatch before it's it's another one of those um, I really like the setting and the writing 
but we've already got uh, better walking simulators on our list, so I'm just going to cut it. All right. That makes it easy. So, all right. Now on to 2017. Uh, several people have Cuphead. Uh, I just wanted to give... Actually, strike this here. I'm going to have Cuphead on here, too. Like, again, I think I said this every time we mention Cuphead. When you look at Cuphead, that art style is absolutely magnetic. Like, you know what that game is. I don't even have to... If you know anything about the name of that game, I just show you that, and you know it's Cuphead. And... This, the music is absolutely fantastic. I still play that soundtrack sometimes uh, when I need to write something. Um, I like the, the platforming stuff in it too, not just the boss battles. I thought that was... It's difficult, but it's it's still also uh, good in showing you the mechanics of where you go and fight those bosses. And those bosses are all interesting. And I just love the way that they're animated and... And how different they all are in that world, too, is just so... It's also engrossing in itself. Like, there's so much to love about that game. Anybody else? Just 100% agree with what you said. Uh, I can pretty much say a lot of the same things for Hellblade. Send you a sacrifice. That's a game you have to play with headphones on. Like, to get the full aspect of hearing those voices in your head that are talking to her, but they're also sort of talking to you because you're sort of, you are playing as her. And I just love the way it tells its story. The um, the voice acting in that game is very well done. Uh, she was, like, she wasn't supposed to be the the main character. They just... She was just there. They asked her to come in and do a line, and they're like, "Oh, wait a minute. I think we like her. Let's let's keep her." And she does one hell of a job as 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 you know, being here. And I just it's a wonderful like story of just going through and getting through shit you're going through, and it's dark and it's weird and but it's awesome and um. And and it's not just a walkism. It has combat, and it's some fucking hard ass combat because it's ninja theory, and you know, and and it gets more difficult as it goes on. And I, I just really think that for being a, like triple A indie game or whatever, um, it really I think superseded a lot of expectations for for what it was. Uh, I know you also have Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh yeah. On yours, Jens. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it's a visual novel where the gameplay is composing poems and choosing. It, it's kind of like a lot of like a lot of visual novels where you're trying to build relationships by choosing the things that match the personalities of the people that you're composing these poems for. That's at least the initial conceit of it. But what's so interesting about it is, and I don't want to spoil any of it. I don't really. It turns want to it on its head, basically. Details. Uh, yeah, it, I'm just. It, 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 firstly, it's free, so everyone should just play, should just pick up and play it. It's not very long either, but man, it just goes places. Like the story goes so meta and so dark, it just really blew me away. Like I it just it, it surprised me a whole lot, and um, uh, it was very affecting. Literally makes your screen go dark. 
Yeah. As, as far as like, I mean, as far as like visual, we don't have a lot of visual novels in our lists. I think this is like one of the best ones. I, I have to say, so I didn't know it was free or I probably might have just tried it myself, but I saw it was on both of your lists and I've heard of this game before. So I looked up the like the best of Game Grumps playing this game. You all suck. What? Not that it's bad. You all suck because I got hooked on that stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> and especially when they do the first big reveal of what this game actually is. I I kind of got hooked and I couldn't stop watching it. So I hate both of you. I, I think it makes the list. And I, I'm kind of sad that I didn't realize it was it was a free game and I could have just done it myself. But I was just that was one game that I've heard a few things, but I've just never seen anything of. I knew it was weird, and I ended up watching two hours of that today. So thanks. Sure, I like being hated for introducing someone to something great. <laughs> right yeah, <now>. exactly. <laughs> uh, you made your case for Neo several times. Yens, you want? I don't. We want to do it again. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's one of the best Souls likes. It's got an amazing combat system. It's super deep. It's got a ton of content, um, and it, it's very polished and slick. And uh, you know, it's just amazing. I think it should go on the. I, I, and you know, it was huge. So I feel there is an argument for it being a, a significant game. And uh, one thing that makes it that is very interesting as far as significance is the way that. Uh, uh, they leveraged the beta as far as refinement, and they're doing the same thing again with um, with Neo 2, where they just had a really a lengthy beta period where they, you got to play kind of the first big chunk, like the first like two big areas of the game, um, and they did a ton of actual like refinements and tweaking, and and even like huge system updates as a result of the feedback for the beta, which is not something that you see in modern game development very much. So, so that's uh, kind of one thing that makes it stand out a little. Daniel, like you the had way it they, too. The way to deal with the community. Daniel, did you want to say something about it? I know you had it. Uh, on. Just the case that was made on the other podcast is what had me put it on there. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Jens has been a big champion of it. He's said it several times, so we'll see if it gets one more shot to, to make it through. Um both Randy and I have walking sims. <laughs> so mine is better. Yeah, it definitely has a I don't know, man. Night in the Woods is a story that absolutely hit me in the feels because I am exactly that person. Uh, you know, I came back from college and I was in a totally different state of my life. I didn't know what to do with myself, and that's very much the main character of this game. Uh, she comes back into a town that she used to live in and realizes that everybody grew up without her, basically. And now she's this kid in a grown-up world, and she's having to re- see... And they're with anthropomorphic animals, too, which is also what's uh, interesting about it. And it's just like, you're going through it, like, she's going through so many different emotions at the same time. And there's also this weird, like, story with the town happening. And, and it has freaking a rock band uh, game inside of it too, which which gives it extra points for me. So our guitar hero, I guess. Um, so you know, it, it just and they're like all a group of friends that are trying to help each other out, but also trying to get your main character to realize that like, okay, you got to get your shit together, man. Wow, I didn't uh, realize it was a walking sim. I thought it was just an adventure game. Is it actually no, first person? 
it's not first person. It's not a, I guess a walk, but it's like a third person walking sim because all you do is jump and walk. You don't really kill anything or there's no, it's no combat. So, um, yeah, Randy, what remains of you? Finch is a fantastic walk. Uh, that story is. That's, it's great. I was gonna say that sounds like Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> there is some Parappa the Rapper in there, but just it's Guitar Hero instead of Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, Edith Finch, to me, is the, the best walking simulator I've ever played. I haven't played a few. I haven't played that Night in the Woods game. So, I, I mean, I'll put it on the list for you because I have no idea. Uh, but Edith Finch just, I mean, you go through a bunch of different stories, like I said on a previous podcast, of the different family members of the people that lived in this house. And all of them are just so tragic in different ways and how they, they met their demise. It's just such an interesting story in a way they... they they portrayed it and each story is told in a different way like one you're in like a comic book it's just it's put together so well it's i've never played anything like it i will second putting on the list it is i i thought about walking somewhere in a different way after i played that game like firewatch didn't really hit me like that or i mean gone home did because again it kind of deals with coming home from college and something being different but like yeah, Fedith Finch was just like one of those like, damn. There was just so many great things in 2017, or or, or I would have fought harder to put it on our list that year. But it's, you know, it, it's it was a fantastic game that I think a lot of people perhaps didn't play because it's one of those. And I think at that point it was still getting that treatment of oh, it's one of those. So only yeah. certain types of people are gonna play it. And, you know, uh, Mark, you have again run into the thing where you have like five different games on your list. I will say yeah, this: I... everything yeah. should go on the list because it is such a. There's no other game like everything. It has everything in it. Yeah, but it's like I've played a little bit of that, and I'm and I, you know, I never having to read your review and everything, and I watch videos, and I'm like, what the hell is this game? Like, it's, it's so. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. No, I, I have four other games. I have Gravity Rush 2. Uh, it doesn't need to be on here. It's neat, but it's more really? the same. I would love I would love Gravity Rush 2 on the list, but okay. I mean, it got. I think it got repetitive after a while. Oh, so, like, so like Gravity Rush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris is on here because like it, it shockingly came to America. <laughs> like I, had, I saw I had the import version. I mean, that was the reason I bought my PS4 in the first place. <laughs> And it came out to America, and I was like, yes. And I got the little copy, and I was even happier. But it doesn't even be on here. I thought Prey was neat. Personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't put either one of the Dishonored games on I'm the sure list. Prey is good, but and... it's no Prey. Oh, come uh, on. <laughs> it's a different like, game. <laughs> I, I, I like Prey more than... I, I didn't play the second Dishonored, but I really didn't like Dishonored 1. I like the I idea of it, not, but like yeah. playing it was just not fun for me. Playing Prey was more fun, or was I feel it like an enjoyable experience? Dishonored disincentivized actually playing it. Disincentivized playing it in a lethal way, which was the fun way to play. So it's like yeah. if you want the good ending, you've got to play it as a stealth game. And I didn't like it as a stealth game, but I wanted, you know. I mean, that's what helps in two is that they give you the option of playing as either way. Yeah, so. I didn't actually get very far in Prey. I kind of fell off it very, very early on. 
I think, well, I think Prey also, like, you can't, like, it still does kind of have some of that element, like, you're not supposed to kill too many people. The only negative I have about Prey is, at least on PC, it was pretty buggy at launch. Like, I had a, I had, like, the ending I got was, like, not not the best ending because the character glitched out on me and turned hostile. Or, like, assumed, like, she was dead, but she was hostile, but she was still also alive. And I was like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> Isn't the uh, DLC for that also like really good that they added later? Yeah, I, I haven't played yeah. it. I mean, I ha- I've had a code. I mean, I tried it for a second, but it was like the DLC came out like way too late for me to care. Yeah, like that was true. the other problem. But it was supposed to be like some roguelike game. Like you could, you had to keep going to like simulations over and over, and you got like different weapons and different uh, abilities. That was neat. And the last game on here was Sonic or was uh, Sonic Mania, and it's the last good Sonic game since Sonic and Knuckles. So Sonic Mania is great. I love Sonic Mania. I mean, it doesn't need to be on here, but it's, it was still impressive that, like, hey, they could actually make someone could make a good Sonic game. It just wasn't yeah, second. perfect game for yeah, this, right? It was, it was, it was Sonic fans, right? That, yeah, it was Christian Whitehead <laughs> and like other people. Yeah, yeah, I, I played that. Game. Was, I, I agree with you. It was a really good game. Yeah. Well, we can go on to twenty eighteen now, and I think we can pretty much put this on here. Like three people have it on their list: Beat Saber is this is the music game right now. Uh, it's also in VR, and it, it makes VR worth it, regardless well, it, of whether you want to... It's only in VR. <laughs> yeah, it's only in VR, and it's like... I I still wonder if I want to get the Move controllers just so I can finally get it for my PSVR, because I still want to play that game really bad, uh, because I'm a music game lover. And, you know, so... I, thankfully, they're just now adding other kinds of music because that the what is it electronica or whatever that it has. Yeah, the, prob- the yeah. problem with Beat Saber is like just the soundtrack. Like unless you're playing it on PC, like it's very scattershot, and you probably won't find a ton of music that you might personally like in it. Like that's my problem with it. But it still is like a very great game to play. And. I will just make a case that Monster Hunter World brought Monster Hunter to the masses finally. Uh, you know, look like nobody talked about Iceborne this year, but that's because I think I think people kind of played Monster Hunter World. Uh, they got all they wanted to get out of it, and then only the hardcore Monster Hunter players stayed around to play Iceborne. I think the the casual audience that was playing it in a January with that didn't really have a whole lot. Um, that's also what helped it is that Monster Hunter came out, it was a January game for 2018 and, uh, it had a lead before something else that was great came out. So people got to just really spend time with it and, you know, obviously it had some messed up multiplayer, but, you know, I thought the, the main campaign was good. The bosses are, they get, they escalate as a Monster Hunter game should, uh, some of the DLC that was added was like the adding in the behemoth of Final Fantasy was really cool, and then I just I just think that people kind of dropped off when when it came to Iceborne. People just didn't care I mean, at that point. It should be on an influential list, but not on a necessarily on any game of the year list. My yeah. biggest argument against Monster Underworld is that it has the worst user experience design I've ever seen in my life. Like trying to get a group, trying to trying to make, oh, yeah. make a group into like a particular hunt. How the hell do you have a, a password nightmare. system in 2018? It was like, like, really? 
menus within menus, super obtuse, nothing makes any goddamn sense, matchmaking was horrible. Like, I just really, I could not believe, like, especially considering that this was, like, you know, the big, the, the, you know, big re- return of Monster Hunter to the West. Uh, was, and also, considering how big it was, I'm, I'm stunned that people were willing to deal it was, with it was, the... Um, go on. No, please. It was what? I was going to say it was billed as a, the mainstream Monster Hunter game. Yeah, exactly. For, like, something that's like, here's the mainstream Monster Hunter game for normal people... The fact that there are enough that there's normal people who would actually put up with how bad the menus in that game are is staggering. All right, uh, Nino Kuno two, Nino Kuni two, Mark. I just thought it was good. I I didn't like the first one that much. Uh, this one played a lot like a Suikoden game, which is pretty cool. Okay, so important question: How different is the combat system from one? Uh, it's uh, a lot. It works. <laughs> like, it's good now. Like, you actually have control of your character. Well, you don't have the Pokemon thing from one. Yeah, you don't. Like, you just yeah. control your character. There's no monster gather or, like, monster catching or anything like that. Are you still picking things from a menu while you're also walking around in real time? Uh, I'm not. I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so, though. Is that okay, more good. like Tails? It's, it's, more, it's more active. Like, you know, you're more. Yeah, it's more, more like Tails. Yeah. Well, that's good not, to hear. It's not like fucked up like the first one was because I didn't like that. Well, and also all. like the Higgledies can like completely just wipe out. Yeah, you have a little and... like troll creatures that just you know fuck up everything in that game <laughs> once you get enough of them. Uh, I think... it's you collect characters. You have to like build up your castle. A lot of menus, just kind of watching timers go down. But I thought it was a really good and fun RPG, like JRPG. It doesn't need to be on the list, but I just liked it. <laughs> Mega Man 11. Uh, another, another, my Sonic argument for this game as well. Like, they finally made a good Mega Man, like a modern Mega Man game. Uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, you kind of talked about it. Yeah, I didn't play it. I mean, we, we can cut it, but I wanted to play it. And Metal Wolf Chaos XD, Jens, for 2019. Okay, so just briefly, I realize it's not going to make this list. I just wanted to say it's a classic From game that we've been pining for for a very long time. Uh, you know, birthed a, a, a thousand memes. Uh, it's it was a huge import game for a very long time, and it finally had its premiere had its premiere release in 2019. And since we're counting U.S. release dates, I'm like counting it as a 2019 game, um, and I think it is uh, historically notable for what it is, which is. A, a crazy Japanese take on uh, American culture as a mech game from from software, uh, and it's uh, it's hilarious. And uh, I, I mean, I know it plays basically like an Armored Core. So if you know what Armored Core plays like, uh, I know there's a lot of people who who are like once it came out were like, well, it didn't age very well. But you know, you you kind of know what you're in for with it, and I I think it's um it's pretty darn good. But uh, I realize that uh, it's not going to make this list. All right, before I have Randy recap what's being taken over, does anybody want to say that there's a better driving game than Forza Horizon One to be the driving the traditional fight the, the the driving game to be on the list? Because Forza Horizon One actually made it as a number ten for 2010. Yeah. 
If anyone so, says a Need for Speed game, I will shank you. No, well, Need for Speed was terrible. <laughs> I'm not, I'm Nobody right. would ever say that. Yeah, I'm just talking about whether it be one of the other Forza Horizons or Forza Motorsports or... I can't think of something else right now. Uh, Project Cars or whatever. Um, and is are we going to keep Dragon Ball Fighters as the representative fighting game or does somebody think that one of the Mortal Kombat's... It, I think it depends, right, what you care about because I think you could argue that Mortal Kombat definitely has like better stories. I think but, Mortal Kombat, my problem with Mortal Kombat is it's just so interchangeable. Like, yeah. I, I, I honestly couldn't, if you had a screenshot of Mortal Kombat 9 and 11, aside from the obvious graphical upgrade, I couldn't really tell the difference between them. And, like, Fighters, the Dragon Ball Fighter Z, you know, it uses that Guilty Gear Reserved engine, but, I mean, it has characters that, know, that you care about, or at least that you know of. Right. So that's why it's impressive. <laughs> And there is still a lot of fucked up shit in that game. Like, the lobby system is insane. But I think as a core fighting game, it's just still fantastic. I will say this. Purely as a collector of figurines, I feel the uh, Guilty Gear characters are much better. How dare you say that about Captain Ginyu? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Randy. uh, So tell everybody... How many games, and I guess oh, what are the games to recap? That so, we're so are we adding over? Dragon Ball Fighters? Is that what we ended up? I told you there was 102 already. Okay. So that's Just Fortnite and Dragon sure. Ball Fighters are 102. So how many more are we parsing well, all through? All together, we just added 38 games. Holy shit! So that's 140. Well, no, no, with those uh, 138. Oh, 138. So we'll Big have difference. 38. 38 games, you're right. Uh, 38 games, we'll have to cut on our next one where we get it down to the 100. And that's what I... That's a lot. Uh, all right. Or we so, could add 12 and just have a top 150. It might uh, be easier. <laughs> Some of those games are like, ah, we'll make the list. I'll oh, we'll just put it on there and we'll be done. All right, here are the 38 games that we have put up to possibly cut into this top 100, and that'll be fun. Uh, Deadly Premonition, Fallout New Vegas, Fortnite, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Plants vs. Zombies, StarCraft 2, Rock Band 3, The Witcher 2, Rayman Legends, Gears of War 3, Spelunky, Diablo 3, uh, Binary Domain, Sleeping Dogs, Crusader Kings 2, Final Fantasy 14, Gone Home, uh, Metal Gear Solid, Rising Revengeance, Hearthstone, PT, Octodad, Endless Legend, uh, City Skyline, Splatoon, Rainbow Six Siege, Kerbal Space Program, Life is Strange, Pokemon Go, No Man's Sky. Is anybody even listening anymore? Uh, Stellaris, <laughs> oh, yeah. Cuphead, Doki Doki Liter- Literature Club, Neo, Hellblade, Night in the Woods, What Remains of Edith Finch, Everything, and Beat Saber. God. Yeah. You know, one thing I was just thinking is Plants for a Zombie and Splatoon are kind of filling the same niche here. And I think Splatoon is probably better at it. Uh, no, we'll, I'll tell you the, the opposite. <laughs> we'll get to that next time. Okay. All right. So, well, that's that's our last chance rankings. So now we have to parse through 38 games <laughs> to figure out if we can actually make finally start making headway into the top 100. And that'll be for the next podcast. So, if you stuck with us for the whole two hours, that'll, God that'll bless you. 
That'll be the eight-hour-long podcast. <laughs> God bless you, um, and uh, thank you for listening. And for all of us here, you can uh, hit us up on on Twitter. Randy is at Randy Isbell. I'm at W Tim Sean. Jens is aperture, at Aperture Silence. Mark is at Humanity Plague. You can follow the whole network at W Tim Network. Daniel, I know you're not a big Twitter person. Not at all. Uh, and yeah, check out the WTMNet.com. Our top 25 of 2019, the written article is finally out. And we have our first few reviews of 2020 that we're doing, even though Mark's technically reviewing a 2019 game, just it happened to hit PC in 2020. Uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne expansion. And I'm still waiting to find out on Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore. So, yeah. Um, until, I don't know if when we're going to do this to try to get to the actual 100. Uh, see you next time, everybody.